the story of the world and of our lives. Sometimes that history goes bump in the night. Broadcasting from the center of oddity and the supernatural in central Florida, it's the History Goes Bump podcast. Hello, you spectacular people. Welcome to History Ghost Bump Redux. I am your host, Diane. And this is Kelly. Kelly, on this Redux, we're going to be featuring Rockwood Mansion in Delaware. Are you ready to go back? I'm ready. Rockwood Mansion is located off Marsh Road in Wilmington, Delaware. The Victorian mansion has stood for over 170 years. The 72-acre site has a park with gardens, paved trails, picnic areas, the mansion, carriage house, and ghosts. This home is considered the most haunted house museum in the state of Delaware. Join us as we explore the history and hauntings of Rockwood Mansion. Delaware is one of America's original 13 colonies, and the state's roots in American history are deep. The city of Wilmington is not only its largest city today, but Wilmington was also the first city established in the state. Fort Christina was the first European settlement built in the city. The fort was originally a Swedish colony, and the area was settled because of the confluence of several rivers nearby. The land had once been home to the Lenape tribe, led by Chief Matterhorn and the new Sweden company bought the land from him in order to build their fort. The Lenape tribe would later be driven west after the American Revolution. The Swedish ruled this area until 1655 when the Dutch came in and took over and many of the people became Quakers. The British would later establish their authority and occupied the area until 1778. After losing in the American Revolution, the British vacated Wilmington. The city would surge forward in growth during the Civil War because it was home to the manufacture of gunpowder, carriages, and iron ships, and also because it remained mostly neutral during the war, supporting both the Union and the Confederacy. Joseph Shipley was born in 1795 in Wilmington, Delaware, to Joseph and Mary Levis Shipley. The Shipley family owned flour mills along the Brandywine River. The milling business was not for Joseph, and after school, he went into finance. In 1823, Joseph moved to Liverpool, England, where he became a successful merchant banker, running his own firm and also joining with two other firms already established in England. In 1846, Shipley rented an estate called Wincote that had vast gardens on the property. Joseph's nephew would write, after a visit to Wincote, Wincote is in beautiful order, elegantly and neatly furnished, and the grounds and lawns are such as I never saw in America. The painting of it at Brandywine, the family home in Wilmington, 
gives a good idea of the house, but the softness of the verdure cannot be painted. It would be the time spent on this lush property that would influence Joseph in his design of Rockwood Mansion. Joseph decided it was time to retire because bouts of gout were plaguing him. He sent his niece and nephew to look about Wilmington for some suitable land, and in 1851 he purchased nearly 400 acres of farmland that sat up on a hill overlooking Wilmington. Because of his time spent in London, Shipley had become very English in his taste, and so he hired English architect George Williams, who had designed Wincote to design Rockwood. He also hired an English gardener to help him design the beautiful gardens that would become a part of the landscape. English style was very naturalistic when it came to gardening, and Joseph followed those rules. Some people may not be aware that English rules also meant that a garden was to be a private affair. While we in America are typically used to the front area of homes being the showplace, the English had their gardens visible only to those invited to the home to tour the garden. So they don't do curb appeal, I guess. Apparently not. <laughs> at least they didn't. <laughs> but I think the best part of our garden is actually in the backyard as well. That's true. I mean, we do have a very nice front yard, but our main garden and all the fairy garden stuff and everything is in the backyard hidden away from everybody. Yes. And we never have anybody over, so nobody gets to see it. <laughs> Just the little vole that runs around in it and the doves. All the birds. All the birds. Rockwood Mansion was built from 1851 to 1854 in the style of rural Gothic revival architecture, and the property included stables, a coach house, and a kitchen garden. As for the grounds, Joseph spared no expense. He placed orders for over 1,200 trees and shrubs. Several of those trees are still on the property to this day. The mansion itself has 20 rooms, and Joseph decorated those rooms in Victorian style with blue silk damask for the curtains and upholstery, rosewood furniture, and the conservatory was described as stunning. Walls were painted in muted tones rather than using wallpaper. Rockwood had the most modern conveniences of the time that included central heating, bathrooms, servant buzzer box, and boilers. And the farming equipment was all modern as well. People remarked that it was as if Joseph had picked up an English estate, sailed it across the ocean, and planted it in Delaware. That would be quite the feat. I'd love to see somebody pick up a garden and sail it across <laughs> the ocean. Certainly would be. The only American touch was a piazza he added to the southern end of the home. The Gardener's Monthly wrote of Rockwood Mansion in 1861, The magnificent place constructed and occupied by Joseph Shipley Esquire, whose name is well known in the commercial world, commenced ten years ago after plans made in England and under the direction of Mr. Salisbury, a gardener whom he brought out for that purpose. The entire place is improved upon the plan of natural landscape gardening so much employed in English country places. We will say that it is the most splendid specimen of the English park-like style of landscape work that we have ever seen. We feel quite sure that there is nothing of the kind equal to it in its peculiar style. Joseph died in 1867 and his estate passed on to his sisters, Hannah and Sarah. The sisters only used the estate as a summer retreat, and although Joseph's servants had stayed on to look after the place, it was not well kept. The property went up for auction in 1892 after Hannah died and Joseph's niece, Sarah Bringhurst, who had helped him locate and buy the land, bought most of Rockwood. She then passed it on to her son, Edward Bringhurst Jr. Edward's daughter, Mary, inherited the property and she lived there until her death at the age of 100. My goodness, for that time too. Yeah, a nice long life and she was there until she was 100. Didn't have to go to an elderly facility or anything. 
Mary passed the property to her niece, Nancy Sellers Hargraves, who donated Rockwood to Newcastle County in 1973. Newcastle County restored the property in 1999, which included the Gardener's Cottage, Porter's Lodge, and the Barn and Carriage House, which was converted into a banquet and catering facility. Rockwood is now a museum that can be toured Wednesday through Sunday. Rockwood Park, that surrounds the estate, is free to tour. The home is listed on the National Register of Historic Places. It is absolutely gorgeous. Definitely a place you'd want to check out. And the really cool thing is, as it said, the park is free to tour, and that's where all the trails and everything else are. So you can go see the garden and all that stuff without having to pay for it or anything like that. Love it. There are not just garden and mansion tours at the museum. Ghost tours are also offered because the family members who loved this home and lived and died here have been reluctant to leave. (laughs) I'm not leaving this house, so whoever moves in here after us, honey, they're going to get it. And now a little break for a word about one of our sponsors. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Employees at the museum claim to have seen full-bodied apparitions. Rick Loveless is the current paranormal coordinator at the museum. He told Delaware Today in April of 2023, we've identified 28 spirits. That's a lot. I don't know that that's all family members. (laughs) It certainly is a lot. It's not unusual to hear footsteps, knocking, whistling, or even voices talking. Philip Nord, who was the director at Rockwood, claims that he saw a male figure sitting in a seat in the tea room one evening when he was doing the rounds before locking up the museum. He asked the man to leave as he felt a chill run up his spine. He glanced away, and when he looked back, the specter was gone. He did ask him to leave. He was just following orders. (laughs) Right? (laughs) He just left in a way he wasn't expecting. The room that had belonged to Mary Bringhurst, the daughter who'd lived to be 100, is considered the most haunted in the mansion. She does not like people in her room. Psychics say that the energy in the room is so strong that they are reluctant to enter. People have felt ill or passed out in the room. Mary spent the last five years of her life on the main floor in the butler's room because she had gone blind and crippled and could no longer manage the stairs. So basically at 95, she went blind and couldn't manage the stairs anymore. That's pretty good. She is felt in that room as well. Photographs have captured a strange human-shaped mist of what is thought to be Mary both in a hunched and crippled position and also appearing as a younger Mary. While Delaware Today was at the house participating in an investigation, the music box in Mary's room began playing. Ashley Breeding, who penned the article for Delaware Today, wrote, 
As we explore the attic, to which heat typically rises, there's a gust of cold air as devices begin to flash simultaneously. Credulous but also skeptical, my first instinct is to search for a vent or open window. None. Moving on to a dark room of the basement, my camera captures several light orbs moving in all directions. At first I assume they are dust particles, but those only float upward, Loveless explains. My friend Bree, who I've come here with twice, hears, quote, leather mini on the ghost box carried by a woman in front of her. Bree is a handbag designer, mostly working with leather. Do you think she's probably made a leather mini or two? I would imagine, and maybe the ghost has a preference. Hey, man, make me a purse. Yeah, you you tool <laughs> that leather. A, I need I something. Need a, I need a little clutch <laughs> to go with my new outfit. Coin purse, you know, they like to leave pennies and dimes at these different haunted locations. They got to carry them in something. What else did we experience, you wonder? During a previous visit around Christmas time, we had followed Loveless into Shipley's former bedroom. As we entered, he gasped. I was just in here, and these Christmas tree lights were not on, he said searching for the switch to turn them off. At the opposite side of the room, the door to a dressing cabinet with a secure latch was wide open, revealing Shipley's clothing. And this was closed, Loveless said. To shut it, he had to wrestle with another Christmas tree blocking the path to the dresser, a clear sign that it was not a human, at least no longer, who'd opened it. If it was Shipley's clothing, apparently he was looking for a suit to wear in the afterlife? (laughs) Perhaps. Mary's younger brother, Edward, has had a lot of activity occur in his bedroom. A child has been heard giggling near the stairway, and footsteps have been heard on the stairs as well. A paranormal investigator caught a picture of what looks to be a little boy sitting on the stairs. He wanders the living room and has even sat down at the dining table. A woman in a gown has been seen at the top of the stairs. Flowers and perfume are smelled inside the mansion with no direct cause for such scents. Lilac is a scent that is reported most often. Is that that old lady perfume I like to refer to? Trust your nose picture. (laughs) It may be a ghost. (laughs) Ghost hunters investigated in 2016 and made this their series finale. At least for that moment in time, as we now know, they came back. If only they'd known back then. But that's how much they thought of this place, is they're like, if we're going to put a period on our show, we're going to do it with this place. Nice choice. April and Philip were the clients, and they claimed that staff have seen shadow figures and a man in black who walks out on the balcony. Police were even called one night when someone thought there had been a break-in because they saw someone at the house after hours. The police showed up and actually saw an apparition as well. During the investigation, the guys seem to contact a boy ghost named Eddie who likes to play pranks. Ghosts after my own heart. (laughs) He set the REM pod off quite a bit and followed a pattern the ghost hunters asked him to recreate. A door opened on its own and they caught it on camera. The basement is extraordinarily creepy with cramped hallways. Look, it's a basement. All basements are creepy to me. I hate going in any of them, even if they're finished off. I had a finished off basement when I was a kid, and I always ran up those stairs as fast as I could before the monsters could get me. (laughs) Women feel very uncomfortable in the basement as though they are not welcome. A photograph that is one of the most compelling we have ever seen appears to be a shadow person with black eyes towards the back of the basement. Ghost finders investigators believe they picked up a servant boy during a ghost box session. The spirit is heard saying, yes, um. Other voices were recorded asking for help. 
you got to hate it whenever you get that during an investigation because you're like, I don't know how to help them. Balls of light and strange sounds are heard throughout the rest of the museum. The most bizarre claim about Rockwood is that it has a vortex above the house. Now, that is weird. You don't hear that about a lot of haunted locations. I had a visual of Ghostbusters. (laughs) (laughs) The original. Well, if it's got 28 spirits there, it could almost look like that with them going around in the vortex. A misty substance is seen above the house that occasionally reveals faces from within, and thus it's been dubbed the Vortex of Souls. Interesting. So they've caught some kind of a weird picture above it. I don't know. Is this beautiful English estate home to more than old furnishings and magnificent gardens? Does the family that owned this home for over 100 years still remain on the premises? Is Rockwood Mansion haunted? That is for you to decide. I'm glad we got to redo that one. We did this one really early on when History Ghost Bump was first getting started. So it's nice to be able to do a little update for it. And uh, obviously with much better audio as well. I want to thank you guys for joining us on this Redux. I've been your host, Diane. And this has been Kelly. You take care now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.